In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to save money by not wasting money on the apps that you don't actually need. Specifically, how to avoid paying for licenses on apps that you don't actually need. Now, if you're in business, you probably have a, a bunch of apps and you may have also a bunch of licenses for all the people who work for you. The skill is to know how to get the best out of your business apps, to get all the features and the security and all that stuff that you really need to make your business function, but without actually ending up paying for individual licenses for each and every person. That's what we're gonna dive in today on this episode. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so I've been in business now for, well, 20 plus years. My current business, Systems and Outsourcing, for the past six years. And in the early days, like, I'm a bit of an app geek or app freak, if you like to, like it, like to call, call me that. And so I jumped in and bought you know, all the fancy apps. And I got all my team linked up with everything. And so we all had licenses and we could all do all this fun, fancy stuff that you can with it. But I soon, that bills for those apps soon really added, added up. And you know, I remember one year we got a bill just for one app, Lucid Chart that was well over 1,200 quid just for that one app. And they've got um, bills for things like Google, for example, or using Microsoft for Microsoft or Asana for LastPass. And all of our software licenses add up to about five grand a year, which is a pretty big chunk of money, just especially because we were just starting out and actually didn't really have any profits to speak of. So it was just basically wasting money that we really didn't need to. So I spent a lot of time thinking about how I can still get the benefits from having those apps without paying for all the individual licenses. And that is one of the things that I actually help our coaching clients, my coaching clients to do, to be able to then get all the benefits without all the costs. And that is what I'm going to be digging more into now. So one of the main problems people have is understand this concept about emails versus logins. And they get hung up on the idea that everyone in your company needs an email address. And so therefore, because you've got, say, your company at your domain, sorry, your name at your domain.com, your, your company name.com, that everybody in your company needs a email address so they can sort of act in, in your, on your company's behalf. And I'm going to question that as we go through this episode and explain how we do it in our business to mean that we actually only need one license, but still have the ability for our staff to actually communicate on our behalf and deal with our comms, et cetera. And every business is different. And there are certain exceptions to this. And I'll discuss as, as we go through. But actually, for most small business owners that I work with, they are paying for licenses that they just do not need for things like email. And so one of the other problems is when you set up these um, emails for your staff. So first of all, you pay for license for the email. But then when you sign up for your business app, say, for example, Asana is a good example for this, but um, there are many others like that, that if you then sign up using your staff's um, company account with a domain name linked to it, you'll end up automatically paying for a license for that person because the app provider that you're paying for, they know that this is one of your employees and therefore they're going to charge you a, a fee for having that person in your business. If, on the other hand, you do this, do this a different way and be a bit savvy about it, you can actually still get people to have access to the apps but not pay that. And that's simply by not using domain name email addresses. And so the way we do this is that with, with a few exceptions, and I'll cover those in a second, 
that everybody that joins our company, we set them up with a free email address. Now, whether that's Gmail or Outlook or Yahoo, it doesn't really matter. And we basically have for our company systems and outsourcing. So we do SAO dot the person's name at gmail.com. So it's a company email address in that they only have it for the purpose of working for us. And it's not used for personal or anything else, but it's the free, it's, it's a free account. We don't pay for it and it's not linked to, to any domain or anything like that. And this means that we can then use that free account to set up all of their other software accounts. So their LastPass account, their screen, um, soft, screen sharing or recording account, uh, their task manager account, we use Asana, so their task manager account, all of those are set up on that free uh, Gmail or for us Gmail or whatever you're using. And so all that is free to do. And so for most of our staff as well, we don't need them to have a paid license for Asana. So we just don't give them one. And they have functioned completely well in our business as a guest user. But if we were to give them, just going back to the point I made before, if we were to give them a domain name email address, so for us at systemsandoutsourcing.com email address, we would be forced to pay for that license in Asana. And you know, Asana license is about um, $15 a month or something like that. So they soon add up. And all these things add up, as I said before, to thousands of dollars every single year. So now we've got basically our, our staff set up on a free email account and they've got all of their other accounts linked to that email account. So the question often is that we get from clients is, okay, but what happens if I need that person to email people or respond to people on my behalf? And this is what we do in our business. And it won't work for every business type, but sometimes, or every role in your business, I'll say, this works for every business type, but not every role in your business. But if you want to have your staff communicating on your behalf, you probably have some sort of email address like hello at your company or help at your company. And so we simply give people access to that. So we pay for that license. So we have a hello at systemsandoutsourcing.com email address. That's our customer facing email address and people can contact us that way. Um, but we don't actually, that's not assigned to a single person. It's just a, a avatar, so to speak. It's a, it's a, it's a role in our business. And then we share the password for that, the login details for that, I should say, via LastPass. Now, LastPass is a password sharing app. If you've not used it, it allows us to organize and manage the sharing of logins for all of our apps. So we can have one account. So our company um, external facing email account. And we share that with multiple people so they can log into that account and access that inbox. Now, if you want to get personalized about this and you want actually people to have a, you know, be able to communicate with uh, people outside of, um, outside of the, in the outside world, I should say, then you can actually, um, then you can actually just set up an alias for each of the people in your business. So you can have an alias for John and for Mike and for Steve or whatever, and that will be then linked to that main hello account. The way that Google works and other apps work is you can actually set it so it will automatically reply to whatever email address has been sent to. If someone sends an email address to the alias John, it will automatically reply to John. And therefore, it looks like that person has an email address. It looks like they're set up properly in your account, but you're only paying for that one license. And the other necessary, or the reason we have that paid license as well is because I delegate the management of my inbox to my staff. And so I have to have a domain, um, someone else with a domain email address to, um, to delegate that to. And so that's another reason we have it. So I can delegate access from my inbox to that company account, and they can therefore deal with that for me. So we've now actually paid for one extra license for our Google accounts. That's for our emails, 
I've got mine, the super user, so that's two. And then we do actually have in our company a third one, which is our admin or my ops manager. And she's the one who deals with all of the adding and removing of groups and licenses and sharing and all the rest of it. And so she has one too. So we have three and we've had up to 14 staff in our company. And with the moment we have about, uh, have about we have six people. I know exactly how many we have. We have six people in our company right now. And we still only have three licenses. And no matter how many people I get, up to a certain point, I probably only need three. The only time I would want an, an, an individual license for somebody is if there was a reason that I wanted to keep their inbox private. So it may be that you have a finance director in your business, or you may have an HR director. And those sorts of conversations, you don't really want anyone else to be savvy to. Of course, you're going to keep those separate. So you want to set up a separate email address for that. But for general customer services, for most of my staff, they, don't, they even communicate with the outside world. You do not need a company email address. Now, so that hopefully takes care of the email side of things. We're going to set up one external email account. We're going to share access to that via LastPass to your staff's free email accounts so they can log in that inbox and they can then deal with the emails on your behalf, but you're not paying for a license for each individual person. So that's how we really reduce the number of licenses we need. And there's one other exception to this, or when you may need a, a Google license or a Microsoft license, and that is if the person's role requires them to have offline access to large files and folders or whatever. So if you want them to work offline and be able to um, stream or sync seamlessly their uh, contents of their hard drive on their computer with the cloud whenever they are online, then there is you would have to pay for a license to get that functionality. But that's the only other really exception to the rule. Admin users, the email actual uh, customer-facing account and that ability to have offline access. The only really three reasons why we would ever actually pay for a license um, at this time. Obviously, you do lose some granularity and control. You know, everything, you have, there's always a balance between cost and uh, and functionality, but we have never found a problem with it. And I have no worries about the security because of the way we set up our sharing, because we use business shared drives. So we've got the, the premium uh, Google account with all this, the bells and whistles and the security features and we use shared drives, which is a key, key thing for your business security. Because we pay for that, we can then add guest users using their free email accounts to those shared drives. But we still retain total control and ownership over everything in those shared drives. But because we are paying for less licenses, we can afford to pay for the most expensive um, you know, the most expensive version of the software. So by reducing the number of licenses, we get better functionality from our apps because it's always going to be a you know a balance between what I can afford and what I want. And therefore, by doing this, we actually get better bang for our buck, so to speak. Now, I mentioned LastPass before. And so the other way we massively reduce costs of licenses is for not buying a license for every single thing in our business. Now, there's probably some legal stuff around this. I'm not going to mention any app names. I'm just going to say from a practical point of view, sometimes there's no function, there's no facility to set up other users. And sometimes the costs are just prohibitively expensive and we don't need to be able to actually have people individually logging in and tracking what they're doing individually. So it's just something we can't afford. And therefore, we just use the one app, but then I share it with a couple of different people so we can actually do their work um, you know, effectively. And we do that by sharing, as I said before, via LastPass. And LastPass 
is a great app. There are some security issues with it and every other last, last password sharing app. So check out a previous episode I've done in Systemize Your Success, which is all about how to identify and actually overcome the security issue with password sharing apps. And it's called the LastPass uh, security issue or something along the lines. I can't remember the name, my apologies. But go and check and do a search for LastPass in my uh, Systemize Your Success feed and you'll find it. Okay, and so, yeah, by using LastPass, you can then share access to multiple people. And there is a word of warning on this one, though. And that is that, that if you have mission-critical apps, such as your CRM, your task manager, your login for them, for example, um, your video hosting, your web hosting, your cloud storage, your own email account, you never, ever want to share access to any of those things, to the super user admin. You never want to share that with anybody ever because if somebody went rogue or they you know accidentally you know uh, shared your password by mistake or something like that with the outside world then it could be devastating to your business so you would never ever share any of those things by something like lastpass those are yours and those accounts you would set up users but here's another cost saving tip now for those apps which are mission critical that that do require you to set up a user on them. So for example, um, our video hosting app. So we use Vimeo and we also use Screencast-O-Matic and we have a team uh, account set up. And with, with any of those critical apps, I always say it's worth paying for the business software. But I can't afford at this point in my business to pay for every single person to have a top license you know, on all these, all these apps. But I also need people to be able to, a few other people to be able to log in and actually just do some admin for me from time to time. So I set up my super user account. I then have a sub account, which I set up. Typically, you get three, often have to pay for three licenses with many of the business accounts. So if I have three licenses, I'll have me, my admin, main admin, who is my operations manager, and then I'll have a staff account. And that staff account has limited privileges. So in my Vimeo account, for example, they can't delete anything. And that's often a case with many of the business stuff, uh, business apps is you can set it so they can do stuff, but they can't damage stuff. And so that is why having uh, users set up rather than sharing your master password is absolutely critical for all absolutely essential for your, for your critical app. So that way we can have functionality again, the, the functionality of the top business apps without having to pay for every single person in our business who needs access to actually um, you know, have a license. And as I said before, licenses soon add up. Like LastPass, uh, sorry, uh, LucidChart, as I mentioned before, is like 1,200 quid a year. And it's built annually. A lot of these things are built annually. So you suddenly get these massive bills that you weren't expecting. Um, well, we weren't anyway. And uh, and so, yeah, it can really um, knock you for six. Cool. So that's about it. I want to actually just say one other thing. And I actually was going to say this with the emails and I, I forgot. So I'm just going to just jump back there for a second. And that is that People often say that when you're using an email inbox, this is going to, sorry for jumping back, but this is an important and useful tip. When you're using an email inbox and you're sharing it with a number of people. Now, I mentioned where you could set up an alias. So you can have John and Jack and Jill and whatever. And the emails can then come into those individual people's name, names. So the outside world, it looks like you've got a bunch of email addresses set up. And if you're savvy about this, you can just set up a little filter in your in in your email clients or in Google or Microsoft, whatever, that basically filters the incoming emails to say John or Jack or Jill and stick them in their own personal folder. And so the person, when they log in, if you want to keep it segregated but keep the cost down, can then just go to their folder and sort out the emails in their folder and ignore everything else. So that's we don't do that because the way ours is set up, we just have a group account. But that's some of our clients do, and it's quite a useful tip to be able to keep things nice and clean, not get everyone confused and uh, and have that sort of same functionality of having lots of inboxes, but actually 
just by having one and having one license. So if you do this, if you go about this in a savvy way and actually think about who actually does really need a license for stuff in your business, you can massively reduce the cost of your apps. And that means you can get better apps by investing the money in a higher grade of app you know, for your business, getting the functionality that you desperately need without having to fork out and pay for licenses for every single person in your company. And when you work with, you know, virtual assistants and contractors and all the rest of it, it soon adds up. So doing this and being clever and savvy about it will keep your costs down, but give you better functionality. So that's it. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have and you're watching this on the live, then post me a comment, share this with your friends and family. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, then please do subscribe and leave us a review and a few stars if you think it was worth it. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.